Welcome to Church Online. We're so excited that you're joining us for church today. Just want to start off with saying a quick Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Hope you're having an amazing day so far. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Victoria Betker, and I'm one of the lead pastors here at Slate Church together with my husband Luke and together with Brandon and Emma Richardson. We're so excited that you're tuning in for church today. I also want to just remind you that we would love for you to, uh, to invite your friends and family to join us today. We have an invite button if you're watching at one of our service times coming up in the chat right now. We would love for you to send an invite to your coworkers, family members, friends, so they can join us for church today. We would also love to connect with you if this is your first time uh, joining us, or maybe you've been, been tuning in for a, a while, maybe since day one. We would love to connect with you. The connect card is also coming up in the chat right now, or you can go to our website and fill that out. We want to answer any questions you might have, want to get to know you, and, and just connect with you. But hey, we're gonna start off as we always do with worship. So why don't you stand up, move around a little bit, get ready, and we're gonna worship together. Of God, oh, 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 oh,
hoping maybe for, but he won't prosper. When the darkness falls, he won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. Oh, my God will never fail. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. See a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Oh. Come on, church. This power in His name. This power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every war he wages, he will win. Oh, I'm not backing down from any giant. I know how this story ends. Yes, I know how this story ends. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. A victory, I'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. Every battle belongs to you, God. You take what the enemy meant for evil. You turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Come on, church, he takes everything. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take, you take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. 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 I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. 
For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. You take, you take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good.
death could not hold you the veil tore before you you silenced the boast of sin and grace the heavens are rolling the praise of your glory for you Thanks, team, for leading us so beautifully every single week. We love our worship team. We're going to continue. We're going to take some time to pray over the prayer requests that have come in throughout this week. We would love for you to submit, submit any prayer requests that you might have, praise reports so we can celebrate together with you. You can do that if you go to slatechurch.com prayer. And you can fill that out. But we take time in all of our services to pray over these prayer requests coming together as a church family. Even though we're physically distanced in this season, we are united as we, we pray together and we stand together in believing in faith that God is going to move in these prayer requests. So we are praying today for someone who, uh, for the provision of a job interview for someone. We're praying that someone would receive God's guidance and that he would open the door to a job opportunity that is meant for them. We're praying that someone would find a Christ-centered relationship. We're praying that God would bring unity and harmony into a workplace that is opening up again after lockdown. We're praying that phase two will go well and that people will remain safe and healthy while continuing to follow appropriate guidelines. We're praying that someone's house may be sold and that God would bless them as they journey to their new place. We're praying that someone would come to know God. Lots of different prayer requests and if you have something on your heart right now as well, know that God sees and He cares and He's able to meet your need. But why don't you stretch out a hand in faith as we lift up these prayer requests. 
God, we thank you that you are uh, you are our provider, God. Whatever our, our needs might be, God, you can make a way where there seems like there is no way, God. So we just pray for, for job provision for those that are, are believing for that, God. We pray for healing for those that are in need of healing, God. We pray for comfort. We pray for peace. And we just pray for you to begin to move in every single situation. No matter what it is, God, we know that your name is above every other name, God. That you are more than able. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning, beginning and the end, God. And you are more than able to meet every single need that we have. We just pray for all of these ones in your name. Amen. Amen. Come on. And we also always take time to celebrate and read out the praise reports that are coming throughout the week. And this is so encouraging. So I just really want to encourage you to let this to, to, to just um, fill your heart and, and just build your faith as we celebrate together. Someone is thankful that a friend was provided healing and safety as they went into multiple revision surgeries and tested negative for COVID-19. Come on. That's amazing. Someone is thankful that during COVID, their fiance did not only get a new job, but also got promoted within the first couple of weeks there. Hey, those of you that are believing for, for a job opportunity, let this build your faith. Someone is thankful that their mom is fully recovered from COVID and back at work. Come on. Someone is thankful for their job and for the opportunity to learn. What a great attitude. Someone is thankful for the beautiful weather. Oh, summer is here and I'm so happy. Someone is thankful for those who have spoken out against racism, for those who have taken the time to have difficult conversations. So important. So many things to celebrate and to be thankful for. But hey, we're gonna actually continue now when it comes to our worship, when it comes to our giving. And to encourage us in our giving today, I'm gonna welcome Pastor Jared. Well, hey, I just wanna take a moment and encourage us in our generosity today. So to do that, let's read out of Matthew 6, verse 19 to 21, it says this. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I love this verse when it comes to our generosity and our giving because it reminds me of the eternal significance of my obedience and my generosity towards God and towards His church. Oftentimes I can see the finite and what's right in front of me, but actually when I release these things to God and when I'm obedient to what He's asking me to do and calling me to do as a person in my finances, there's actually an eternal significance and an eternal impact to those things. Psalm 119, it says this, turn my heart towards your statutes and not towards selfish gains. My encouragement to us today is, hey, let's be generous with what we have. Let's not hold so tightly to what God has given us, but actually have an open hand and turn our eyes and our hearts toward His word and His commands towards us and release these things back to Him and just see what He can do in our lives and in the lives of many others as we're generous as an individual and as a church. Why don't we take a minute and pray for our giving today? God, we love you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to give back to you, to give to your church. God, thank you that you don't call us to be stingy people or to be hard-hearted, but actually to be open and generous with what you've given us. I pray that you would bless the giving today and that you would bless those who give. We love you and ask all of this in your name. Amen. Sometimes I really like flying kites because, because I kind of like how it go and if the wind's too strong, I could grab onto my feet and so blow away. Eating the special cookie sliced cake. Happy Father's Day! I like Daddy because he gives 
Well, there's lots of things happening for us as a church in this season of doing church online. And we want to make sure that you are leaning in and that you're staying up to date with everything that is going on. So make sure that you are reading our website, tuning in, and or checking out, that's the word, checking out our website. Um, <laughs> and, and staying up to date with everything. Also, social media is a great place to make sure that you're getting all the latest information from us as a church. Um, we have lots of things happening. Let's make sure that we're leaning in for things like our prayer morning. We have communion happening on Fridays and of course Sunday services and connect groups. If you're not in a connect group yet, we would love for you to join one. It's a powerful time for community and building deep friendships with one another and, and just being able to, to, again, just build community, which is so important in this season of physical distancing that we're not distancing from community. Hey, we have an incredible message coming up right now. I'm super excited to, to hear what is on Pastor Brandon's heart today. So why don't you prepare your heart, get your notebook out, get your Bible out, and let's ready our spirit to receive what God has for us today. So why don't we welcome Pastor Brandon. Hey, how's it going? My name is Brandon Richardson, as Pastor Victoria just introduced me. And I'm one of the lead pastors here, alongside my wife, Emma, and Luke and Victoria Betker. And hey, we love pastoring Slate Church. We're so glad that you would join us. Maybe you're watching On Demand on our YouTube channel. It's so good to have you here and we hope that this message and this time together will bless you. Or maybe you're watching live right now and we're so thankful for you to tune in live. You know, there's a sense of community as we all tune in together. And uh, it, it's actually just a wonderful thing that we can still connect together via technology during this time. You know, I'm really, um, I was gonna say excited to bring the message that I'm gonna be bringing today. Um, I'm excited, but but honestly, I'm also just, a, I'm bringing it with a little bit of fear and trepidation today. Not because I um, have anything particularly hard hitting to say, but this is, uh, this is coming out of a pastoral heart. You know, this isn't as much of a teaching message, although you will see I have four Fs. We'll see if we get to all of them. That's so that I can remember where I'm going in this message. But um, it's more of like a, it's more of like a, a um, one of your lead pastors uh, communicating some of the conversations we've been having as lead pastors, but also some of the stuff that I've been observing as one of your lead pastors. And um, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to um, the results of this message if we put it into practice. And I'm really looking forward to what God could do in our church if we're willing to listen here. And so I'm really excited to, to speak. Um, but it, as I said, it comes with a little bit of fear and trepidation. I'm actually going to pray right now, and then I'm going to jump into God's word. Okay. So why don't we bow our heads wherever we, wherever we find ourselves, unless you're like driving and listening to this, uh, maybe you should keep your eyes open, but otherwise let's bow our heads. God, you know what you want to speak to our church this week and God, I'm praying that it would come out the way that you put it on my heart. God, it still feels a little bit fragmented and all over the place. God, I pray that you would um, be very clear in our hearts what you're trying to speak to us today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, if you want just a little title for this message, uh, I've bounced around between two different ones. 
And the first one, I mean, I'll give it to you. It's, it's uh, in my honest opinion. In my honest opinion. There are so many opinions flying around right now. So I wanted to almost give this a title that was like, okay, let's encapsulate what we're hearing right now all around us, in my honest opinion. The other one that you could write down, and I kind of like this one better. It goes better, it's a better flow through the whole message. And it's this, survival tactics for the church. Uh, survival tactics for us as a church. And uh, I, I'm, I'm encouraging you to, to think through this idea of surviving as a church and not just surviving, but we're going to get to a place of thriving by the end of this message. And I believe that this will bless you. So where we're going to find ourselves today is in Matthew chapter four, um, chapter three. Let's start in Matthew chapter three, verse 13. We're going to go into chapter four and uh, I'm just going to read it out and then we're going to break it down. It says in, uh, in verse 13, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. John was his cousin. This is John the Baptist because he's been baptizing a whole bunch of people. And it says, but John tried to deter him saying, I don't need to be baptized or, or I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Keep that in mind, righteousness. Righteousness means right living. For us, uh, those of us that um, trust in Jesus, it actually means but, but, uh, uh, taking on Jesus' right living, the way that he lived his life and the sacrifice he made. Our righteousness actually stems from him. So it's not just our right living, it's actually tapping into the right living of Jesus, okay? Then John consented. It's amazing how even Jesus humbled himself with his cousin. Humility is probably something that a lot of us need in our worlds right now. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open. So Jesus, you have Jesus, and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove. You have the spirit and light, lighting on him. And a voice from heaven, God the Father, said, This is my son, whom I love, with him I am well Please. Now listen, we've got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit all in one here. And it's the starting of God's ministry. It's good to tap into God at the beginning of your ministry, okay? In chapter 4, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After, being, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift up uh, lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended to him. It says, then Jesus went and began to preach. Okay, I'm going to break this down for us today. And uh, I want to start by just talking about this idea that Jesus was filled 
um, with the Holy Spirit. Jesus at this point in his ministry is actually um, about 30 years old, 30 to 33, right in there, Jesus is starting his ministry. He's been uh, working likely as an apprentice to his father, uh, to his dad, Joseph, who was a carpenter. And then Jesus is about to start his ministry. In fact, John has been preaching about him like, hey, you guys like me because I'm baptizing all these people, but one's going to come who's going to baptize you by fire, which meant he's going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And he's going to come, and I'm not even worthy to, to tie up his sandals. I'm not even worried to carry his sandals. And, uh, and, you know, Jesus comes along, and John's true to his word. He's like, I can't baptize you. I'm not worthy to do that. But Jesus humbles himself. You know, I think for a lot of us on this uh, listening today, I think there's a lot of us that would identify a moment in our lives where we felt um, called by Jesus. I think there's a lot of us that are listening right now and we could look at one point in our lives where we felt like Jesus all of a sudden sparked joy and sparked life in our life. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the joy of the Lord transcended everything else we were experiencing and God gave us a new purpose and a new hope and a new direction uh, in order to go. You know, I think that it is essential to be filled with the Holy Spirit before we start any ministry that is done by God, uh, done for God, done through God, and done by God in our lives. You see, a lot of us, we want to jump to ministry before actually hearing from God himself. And today, I want to talk about survival, um, survival tactics for our church, because I really believe that the story of Jesus here is mimicking a little bit about what we're experiencing as a church right now. You know, we're in the middle of some unprecedented times. This is something that we've heard a lot. Unprecedented this, unprecedented that, this season, COVID-19, political reform, all these different things. And the church in the midst of it isn't meeting in the way that it used to. In fact, I've seen a lot of churches trying to begin to meet in the way that they used to. And honestly, I think that some of the news that we've heard in Ontario that you can meet up to 30% capacity is great for some churches. I think some churches need that in order to uh, thrive. Some churches aren't able to make the leap digitally that we've been able to make. And that's all good news for them. But I've seen the church trying to survive and trying to do that and scrambling and trying to figure it out. And I honestly, I am very thankful for a church that has remained consistent and constant during the season. I think that as a church, we've done a lot of great things during this time. I also think that as Jesus found himself filled with the Holy Spirit, sent out into the wilderness, we still find ourselves as a church in a bit of a wilderness season, needing to survive in a different kind of way, a different kind of way than maybe we've expected up until this point. You see, I, I, uh, I love um, the idea of survival in the wilderness and all the rest. And uh, I'm, I mentioned it a lot during this time because my whole perspective on like camping and going out into the woods and all the rest of this stuff has really like changed during COVID. I don't know if it's like because I'm like imagining an apocalyptic world and if I could survive in it and whether or not I'd be able to survive. Um, but I've had my mind focused a lot on what it would look like to survive in the wilderness for a long time. I've been reading, as you know, a lot of books on, on uh, people that uh, um, uh, explored Canada Europeans that explored Canada rather for the first time. And I've been reading all this different stuff and interactions of uh, Europeans and First Nations people and all the rest. And anyway, so I'm, I'm in this frame of mind, like what would it take to survive? And honestly, I don't think that it would survive very long because the other day I was cycling, I was a kilometer away from my house. I popped a tire on my, on my bike and rather than fixing it beside the road, I literally took off my cycling shoes and carried my bike all the way home. And I had all these people looking at me 
and I couldn't even bring myself to just fix my bike on the side of the road. I was like, you know what? I'll just take it to the shop. Somebody else can fix it. And you know, my survival, it wouldn't last that long. You know, I want to talk about us in wilderness ourselves. You know, I was talking the very first message I spoke uh, myself when it came to being online in this digital season was this idea of a world in exile. N.T. Wright, a, a famous New Testament, Testament scholar, has actually, he's coming out um, uh, with a new book called A Church in Exile. You know, I want to talk not about the church in exile, the world in exile right now. I want to talk about a church that finds itself in the wilderness, a church that is now meeting in many different homes across the uh, across maybe Waterloo region across the province and as we know there's some of us that are tuning in all over the world and what it looks like to be the church in this season you see we still find ourselves in a wilderness season things aren't normal and we're trying to find our bearings and I think that it's important to note that there's a lot of us that are experiencing a lot of firsts during the season I want to talk to the individual that's never been through COVID I want to talk to the individual that's never uh, really um, um, uh, uh, dug down deep or dove in deep into the conversation surrounding racism. I want to talk for a second to the individual that has gone to church every day of their life and uh, now is wondering, what the heck do I do? Because I, I'm just tuning into church online. It doesn't feel the same. I feel all out of sorts and I'm not really sure what to do. I want to talk to the individual that started attending our church for the first time in the midst of this digital season because there's nothing normal about where we find ourselves right now except that this is becoming the new normal. And you see Jesus, he's filled with the Holy Spirit and he sent it into the wilderness right away. I love that when Jesus is filled with the Spirit, it says that at that moment, heaven was open. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. First off, I just want to tell those of us that have called on the name of Jesus, those of us that identify as children of God, those of us that have accepted the free gift of salvation, which is Jesus dying on a cross for our sins that we didn't, that we that we sinned for, but He paid a price for. Um, I, I, for those of us that have accepted that free gift of salvation to be brought back into relationship with God, I want to remind you right now that everything that Jesus spoke to, uh, that God spoke to Jesus through his spirit and, and audibly in this passage is now spoken to you. This is my son whom I love. With him I, will, I am well pleased. Listen, you will hear that at the end of your life. As you walk into eternity, God will look at you and say, well done, good and faithful servant. But right now you need to know by accepting the free gift of salvation, God is already speaking that over your life. You need to know right now that by being filled by God's spirit, he already sees you as pure in his sight, as honorable in his sight. The the way that he sees Jesus is the way that he sees you. We don't need to strive. We don't need to fight for something that, that we haven't earned yet. We don't need to do any of that. We just need to trust in what God has already done for us. God has already, Jesus has already paid the price and God looks at us as sons and daughters of the most high king. That is such good news as we head into our wilderness. It is such good news as we find ourselves in our own wilderness. Now listen, that's not the only thing I want to say. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. He had a God experience, if you will. I'm, I'm about to transition into our own experience. And all of a sudden, he is sent out into the wilderness. A lot of us would expect Jesus to be filled with the Holy Spirit and immediately go start preaching. 
This is what I want to address right now. Is just because you've been filled with the Holy Spirit and just because you've had a God moment and just because you experience all the good things that God has to say about you and that you identify as a son of God because of what Jesus has actually done for us, you've accepted the free gift of salvation, doesn't mean we we get the right to start preaching at people as if we've all, all of a sudden inherited also the right to preach to other people. Listen, for a lot of us, we think that Jesus immediately started his life. He walked out of the womb, walked out of, you know, was birthed by Mary and immediately just started preaching to everybody around him. A lot of us would assume when he's filled with the Holy Spirit, he's going to start preaching to everybody around him. A lot of us would assume that Paul, who wrote two thirds in the New Testament, and he was actually starting to, he was killing Christians before he came to know Jesus. He had a, a moment where he received Jesus just in a moment. I don't have time to go into it right now. We would assume he immediately started to preach to everybody around him. But we know that it was about seven years before Paul started to preach. Listen, what I want to say is that some of us need to start doing some listening before we start doing our preaching. Some of us actually need to start listening to the world that we live in before we actually start preaching to the world that we live in. Listen, your testimony from God is ready to go the moment you get it. The moment you receive Jesus, the moment that your life is turned around by God, that testimony is ready to be preached the moment that it happens. You don't need to wait for some um, you know, other moment where God gives you an extra measure of his blessing before you start sharing your testimony about how God took you from the place that you were and brought you into right standing and, and brought you into a, a, a place of the family of God. You don't need anything to motivate you to start sharing that testimony. But to start teaching and preaching the word of God to the world around, a, around us, some of us actually need to start calculating our words a little bit better. Some of us actually need to start realizing that Jesus waited a lot longer than we did to start preaching at the world before he, uh, before he actually started to do that. He actually had to walk through a wilderness. Um, uh, Paul needed to get some stuff right in his spirit. God, Jesus himself, actually had to wait to his appointed moment before he started to get up on his soapbox and teaching everybody around him. Listen, I had an experience this past week. I'm not proud of it. Um, I was on my, on my way to um, a funeral, actually a funeral of my wife and, and, and Pastor Luke's um, grandpa. Grandpa B passed away this past week and um, on my way to the funeral, I was told, you better not be, better not be late. And Em and I were meeting at her parents' place where we would drive together. And there's one intersection where it's two lanes coming up to it and there's one lane after and I was running late, okay? And uh, uh, after the two lanes, there is a small little lane and then you have to cut in. I mean, nobody takes the second lane because everybody understands you need to just take that first lane and go ahead. Well, I was running late. There was a car, there was a group of about five people and I knew if I timed that red light uh, properly, I could come up in the second lane and all of a sudden I could zoom by and get ahead of uh, that whole line of traffic. And it was my only hope to actually get there on time. So I timed it and I was slowly coming up in that second lane and all of a sudden there I saw it. I looked around and the lights on this side, they were turning yellow and then they turned red and then I hit the gas pedal just before I got to that white line and I zoomed past that line of traffic and I went forward 
and I kept driving, and then all of a sudden, the skeptic in me started ta taking over. The, um, the paranoia started to set in as I looked at my rear, rear view mirror, and a Honda Civic looked like they were just so ticked off, and I realized that I probably shouldn't have done that because that was a really jerk move, and as I started to drive to my in-laws place, which was still about three or four kilometers away, I started thinking, what if that Honda Civic starts to follow me? And you wouldn't believe it. One turn, the Honda Civic followed me. Another roundabout, the Honda Civic started following me. The next turn, the Honda Civic started following me. The next turn, the Honda Civic kept following me. And I started freaking out. I, I thought, what in the world am I gonna do? I quickly zipped into my in-laws place and you wouldn't believe it, but the Honda Civic pulls right up outside my in-laws place and now I am freaking out. I'm like, this person is angry. They are ticked off that I zoomed past them. They didn't think that that was called for. I'm just gonna have to like apologize and say, listen, I'm, on, I'm out late on my way to a funeral and I'm just freaking out and I'm sitting in. I literally scooched back in my seat as I was sitting there in the driveway like maybe they just won't see me here. And you wouldn't believe who steps out of the Honda Civic but my wife. True story. My, the Honda Civic, we don't own a Honda Civic, but Emma was driving somebody else's car. I know COVID, don't worry about all the social distancing stuff. They're in our tent, okay? And she drives up and I begin all the relief that set out of me. And I realized I had this whole narrative set up in my, in my mind about how the world was working right then. And I had it completely wrong. And all of my decisions and scared and fear and all the rest was being dictated by a narrative that I had created in my mind. I don't think that you need to go too far in your mind with where I'm going with this. Some of us have a narrative set up about how the world is working right now, and it's filled with conspiracy, and it's filled with um, uh, rhetoric, and it's filled with um, one-line statements, and it's filled with not being able to accept certain things, and it's filled with anger, and it's filled with fear, and it's filled with hopelessness, and I'm here to say that Jesus had to go through the wilderness before he started preaching. Jesus had to go through 30 years of growing up before he started preaching at a world, and Paul needed to go through seven years of relearning all the stuff he had learned in order to start speaking truth into the world that he found himself in. We need to understand that right now in the place that we find ourselves, that maybe some of us need to do more listening than we are doing preaching because the world that we have imagined that we find ourselves in is not the world that God is calling us to preach to. Listen, God has come to redeem a world that is full of sin. And if there's one thing that the season has shown us in his church and everything else, you gotta know church as a pastor, we know that the world is full of sin. But we also got to know that the world that Jesus is preaching to is a world that he loves from the bottom of his heart. It's a world that he, he came to to pay a price for, to die on a cross for, so that the world could come back into relationship with him. And some of us are preaching at a world with such um, destroyed hearts and destroyed minds about the state of the world and the state of things that we're preaching out of anger and not out of love. Listen, in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, it says, If I speak in the tongues of men or, in, or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Listen, first step is being filled by the Spirit, but second step is being fed by the Spirit. Listen, Jesus is tempted to turn that rock into, bed, uh, into bread, but what does he do? He says, man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the Father above. Listen, we need to start listening to the Spirit. We need to start listening to the groanings that the Spirit has to the world. Are you bothered by the world? You know what? The, that God, God is weeping for the world alongside you, but he sees the world maybe a little bit different than you. He's not angry with the world as much he is as disappointed with what 
where the world sometimes finds itself in. God is fighting the same fights as some of us, but for some of us, we need to understand that he's fighting fights out of love. He's fighting fights out of making sure that people come into relationship with him. He's fighting fights with eternity in mind and not just your policy that you have uh, wrapped around in your mind and mind. Listen, we got to understand that God is caring so deeply for this world. And as a church, we don't want to come in the way of what God's actually trying to do in our own wilderness season. Jesus teaches us to pray this way. He says, if you're going to pray to the Father, say, O Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And right there, he's not talking about food that you're going to eat, but he's talking about every word that comes from the Spirit's mouth. We got to eat it all up. We've got to read the whole Bible. We got to read it front to back. We got to see that God was angry, yes, but he wasn't just angry. He was he was upset with the way the world was, and he was willing to pay a price himself to bring himself into the world and save the world from their sin. Listen to a pastor's heart here. If the world perceives us as angry Christians, it will not listen. If you're a Brothers and sisters perceive you as angry. They will not listen. If we have not love, we are only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. The thing that disappoints me and what I'm preaching right now, and I already know it's going to happen, is that for those of us that are actually preaching to the world right now out of anger, we don't even realize we're the ones with the anger issue. It is so disappointing to see how when we hear things like this in the Bible, we point fingers at every other person that we can think of on our social media feed or in a news feed or wherever else. And we never turn that gaze inward and say, God, am I preaching to a world that I love? Have I grown cold in my love? Have I grown stale in my love for the world? Have I grown disappointed to the point where I, you know, I, I'm tired of the rhetoric that's in the world that I'm not willing to listen myself? Listen, we need to take stock of what God's doing inwardly in us right now because we cannot win a world we cannot win a world if we lack love we need to be filled with the spirit but we need to be fed by the spirit you know a few years ago and maybe even sometimes you see it today the way to preach to a world without love often involves grabbing a milk crate standing up on it with a megaphone well, listen, the megaphone has just changed to a real phone and the soapbox has turned into Instagram and people are preaching at the world with such anger because they don't understand the conversation or they're preaching at the world with so, so much anger because they've been personally impacted by an economic shutdown or preaching the world with so much anger because we don't realize that God actually loves the world that we live in and he loves the people that are even making bad decisions and he loves the person that has a different idea of policy than you. And he loves the person that actually is explaining things in a different way. Listen, he loves every single one of us the same. I am in the same fight as every single one of us. But what I am seeing even out of our own church is sometimes a lack of love for the world that we live in. Listen, gee, I'm not telling you not to preach. I'm telling you that maybe it's time to relearn the love of God for the world that we live in because he still cares about the world that we live in. An artist, a rap artist, a Christian rap artist. I somehow came across this. I wasn't following him before this season that we find ourselves in. And I'm following him now. And I almost knocked over my water. But uh, his name's KB. And he had something to say. He said, hey, listen, our policy may differ, but our principles need to be rooted in God. 
Listen, you may argue on policy, but that doesn't give you a reason to get angry with the people around you. Our, our principles are rooted in God. Listen, I, I heard somebody else say on Instagram and list, or Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or something like that. And listen, this is going to come off as a hot take. I don't mean it to be that way. But they said, you know, same people yelling all lives matter right now. We're willing to sacrifice grandma a week ago to open up the economy. And listen, what we need to start realizing right now is that lives matter matter. Black lives matter. Listen, we need to understand that the lives of everybody matter. We need to start realizing that God died for all the lives that you see around you. We need to understand that God right now has died on the cross for the person that you're angry with on social media. God right now died for the person that you don't like in politics. God right now died for the person that's annoying you at work. God right now has died, had died on, the, on the cross for the person that cut in line and got within your six feet bubble at the grocery store. God died for them all. We got to be filled by the Spirit. We got to be fed by the Spirit. Listen, if we're going to survive as a church in the wilderness that is COVID and race issues and all the rest of this stuff, we need to realize that none of this stuff is going away, but we can't allow the love of God and the love of others to fade away. Some of us are getting really good at loving God, and some of us are getting really good at loving ourselves. but are we willing to make the personal sacrifice to love those around us. We got to be fed by the Spirit. We got to be filled with the Spirit. We got to be fed by the Spirit. We need to be focused through the Spirit. You see, Jesus is tempted by the devil to throw himself down and, and actually test God. What's happening here has a lot to do with identity and who Jesus was, but it also has to do with the idea of a house being divided against itself. The devil is tempting Jesus, the, the uh, God the Son, to to, to test God the Father, a house divided against itself. Well, in Matthew 12, verse 25, Jesus actually addresses this with somebody else who says that Jesus is um, driving out demons uh, by the power of the devil. And Jesus says, well, that doesn't make sense because every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city, he's referring to the church there, don't have time to get into that, or house divided against itself will not stand. Listen, we need to be focused in as a church in this season. We need to be focused that the enemy is the devil. We need to be focused that racism is an issue that we're going to continue to fight. We need to be focused that it's not about the rhetoric of the season. Listen, I, I read this in a, in a marriage book this past week. We're leading all of our, our, our um, couples in our church that are getting married soon through a, a new book. And this, this quote stood out to me and, and it was all about relationships. It said, it said this, it's our commitment to being curious rather than correct that allows us to turn toward instead of away from one another in the moments of disagreement. It is our commitment to being curious rather than correct that allows us to turn toward instead of away from one another in the moments of disagreement. Can I, can I say that one more time? It is our commitment to being curious rather than correct that allows us to turn toward uh, one another instead of away from one another in moments of disagreement. 
I have been so amazed at how many people have turned this into a conversation on rhetoric and forgetting that there is so much nuance in these conversations, not giving people the benefit of the doubt and actually butting heads in seasons that we find ourselves in. And listen, Jesus, what did he say? How the world is going to be saved? They will be saved by your love for one another. Listen, I love one of the things that Nathan Finocchio said when he visited our church a number of months ago. In fact, it's probably getting to be a year ago now. I'm losing track of all sorts of time uh, myself because so much is happening. And he talked about this idea of prophecy. For those of you that have never even heard that word, it's, it could be a weird word for you. For some of us, it comes with so much baggage because of, of you know church and everything else. But prophecy, very simply stated, is foretelling. It's, um, it's, it's uh, hearing from God and relaying to people. And it's, uh, it's, it's encouraging uh, one another. And one of the things Nathan Finocchio said is that the main function of, uh, of a prophetic gift within a church, within a local church, is to encourage one another. And he actually threw a long, you're gonna have to look back on this message yourself because I don't have enough time to explain it. But he said, by actually encouraging one another, by prophesying to one another, you're actually in the process saving yourself. You're actually rebuilding yourself and regrafting yourself into the church of Christ. By prophesying, you're actually saving yourself. You know, I had a, I had a, a wake up moment because I was getting dismayed by all the voices around me, voices in the news. I was reading the news at like 11 p.m., terrible time to read the news. I was going on social media and just seeing banter back and forth, people in our church disagreeing with one another, but not talking to one another, just posting. You know you know how people do that? They'll just post to try to correct somebody else's post, and then it comes off as almost trying to correct the church in some ways. Anyway, listen, I don't have any time for that, but God was starting to show me that, listen, you will know a tree by its fruit. And listen, there's some people that want to preach without actually showing some fruit. And as a pastor, I just want to encourage you, you don't need to listen to any voice that doesn't have fruit attached to it. Look at their, their life right now. If that's what you want your life to look like at their position in their life, well, then maybe you should listen to their voice. But if that doesn't look what you look like what you want your life to look like, maybe you need to ignore that voice because maybe they're not actually putting into practice or they are putting into practice some of the ways that they're speaking about the world that we live in. That's besides the point. As I was looking at that verse about a tree bearing good fruit and all the rest of it, I realized that it actually started with a bit of a warning. In Matthew chapter 7, 15 to 20, it says this, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but every bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree does not, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Beware of false prophets. I always thought that we got to be, be aware of the televangelist preacher or the evangelist that goes around or the, the pastor of that big mega church. And God showed me something because a fivefold gift of ministry, prophetic gifts, teaching gifts, preaching gifts, pastoring gifts, and one other one. I forget it right now, evangelist gifts. All of those gifts are actually gifts given to the local church. 
The prophetic gift is given to the local church. I always thought we got to look out there and watch out there for the, for the, for the, you know, the, the danger that might happen out there. But all of a sudden God started what, what, God started showing me that as pastors, we also, as people in the church, we've got to be aware of false prophets amongst us. Those that are turning the prophetic gift, not into an encouraging one, but a discouraging one. If voices around you are constantly being discouraging, tune that voice out. God said, in the church, we need to be encouraging one another. We need to be admonishing one another. The world will know us because of our love for one another. And a, a, a false prophetic gift, gift can be found in our own church when we turn an encouraging gift into a discouraging gift, when we start preaching out of our false view of the world that we find ourselves in, rather than a view that says God will save our world, God will bring everything to wholeness, God will bring his blood and his power, we gotta realize that God is coming to save the world. He's not coming to destroy the world. He's coming to redeem the world. He's coming to make the world right. He's not gonna destroy the world that we, we live on. He's setting up his reign on the world that we find ourselves in. And, it, and just out of love for the church that we find ourselves in. I got to tell you, church, that we've got to do better. We've got to love each other better. We got to look at each other in the eye better. We got to stop posting in, in different areas and, and, and trying to correct other views that we find in the world without having conversation. We got to be remain curious. We got to be listening. We got to stay focused. Listen, a survival tactic for the church, our church in the wilderness is we've got to what are my points? We got to stay filled by the Spirit. We got to stay fed by the Spirit. We got to stay focused by the Spirit. And we got to forge on through the Spirit. Listen, we're not going to give up on the conversation surrounding calling. We're not going to give up on conversations surrounding things like like um, uh, reaching the lost during the season. We're not gonna give up on conversations about making sure that we bow our personal opinions, in my honest opinion, bowing our personal opinions um, to God and what he has to say. We're not gonna stop preaching things like, like um, uh, discipleship and all the rest. But guess what? We're also not gonna stop talking about things like racism and how it's actually a thing in our world today. If you're just waiting for the tide to move on and thinking, well, everybody's just talking about racism right now because it's the flavor of the day. Listen, you're the, the, you're the same person that when, when, when uh, um, uh, what's, that, what's that day in February called? I'm gonna call it Romantic Day. Why can't I think of it on February 14th, Valentine's Day? You got the guys, well, I'm not gonna buy flowers for my wife today, just everybody's doing it, so I'm not gonna do it right now. And it's like that same person doesn't ever buy flowers for their wife. Listen, yeah, maybe it is the flavor of the month right now, but it's a stinking good flavor to be talking about right now. We're not gonna just stop talking about racism or any of this other stuff because in Luke chapter four, Jesus is about to start his ministry. This is, a, this is what happens immediately after um, Jesus comes back after being tempted in the desert. And in Luke chapter four, it says, uh, he opens up a scroll and he reads the thesis statement, the main point of his ministry, and he reads this, the spirit of the Lord is on me. He's, be, he's about to tell everybody why he came to earth, what his main objective is while he's on earth. And it says, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We're gonna to continue to preach freedom for those that feel oppressed. And that's gonna include speaking against racism. Listen, this isn't the flavor of the month. This is stuff people are dealing with. We're gonna to talk to sin issues all the time. But one thing that we need to realize that we need to do as a church to survive the wilderness we find ourselves in is we've got to show a church that is filled with the love of God. 
If you're on the other side of this right now and you're wondering why this guy got to the point where he's got raspy voice, it's because I love you way too much not to say the things that I said today. It's what God's been placing on my heart. I took off a week, a week last week just to pray and, and meet with God because I was in, a, in some dump. I was in a dump, dumpster. I was like at the bottom of my barrel. I realized that God's love is what we need during this season. If you've never decided to follow Jesus, I want you to bow your head right now. And if you want to make a decision just in your heart and say, hey, I want to accept that free gift of salvation you're talking about. I want to experience the love that transcends all the difficulties that we find ourselves in the world right now. If that's you, could you just, even where you find yourself, maybe raise a hand or uh, whatever else, say yes in your heart because I want to pray for you. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Jesus, I pray for everybody that's making a decision to follow you right now, that you would fill them with your spirit, that you would feed them with your spirit, that God you would allow them to focus in the craziness we find ourselves in and help them forge forward through your Holy Spirit. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, I pray a blessing on everybody making that decision right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you made that decision in just a moment, Pastor Victoria is gonna give you some more information. And actually, in the chat right now, there's gonna be a, um, you'll see it. It says, uh, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus or something like that. If you're watching live, why don't you just click raise a hand? That's an outward expression of an inward decision that you just made. If you're listening right now and maybe you need to actually do some repenting yourself, or maybe you need to remind yourself that, hey, I've been, I've been angry at the world that I find myself in. I want to pray for you. Listen, this entire message was given out of love because, listen, it's, we live in a crazy times but the love of God surpasses it all. If you're on the other side of this right now, I just pray that you, or ask that you bow your head and let's pray. Jesus, for those of us that have grown cold in our love, for those of us that have misspoken, for those of us that have got caught up in silly rhetoric, like the church shouldn't talk about social justice, it's about real justice and forgetting that it's, listen, it's not about any of that right now, it's about justice, yes, absolutely. But for those of us that have gotten caught up in the, in the, 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 the craziness of it all and forgotten that you're not asking us to be perfect in the way that we're dealing with this, you're just asking us to act. Um, God, for those of us that have forgotten that there's still a call on our lives in this season. For those of us that have forgotten that we need to be filled with your spirit before talking. For those of us that have forgotten that it's about introducing the love of Jesus through love that we can give to our neighbor. God, whatever it is that we need today, God, I just pray that your spirit would come. Minister to us. Bring us to a quiet place this week where you can speak to our hearts about what it looks like to bring people into the family of God. God, we love you. We're thankful for you. In your name, amen. Well, church, with that, I'm going to go drink a bunch of water. <clears throat> Probably not talk for a few days. Try to get my voice back. I love you guys. I'm thankful to be one of your lead pastors. We love you guys, and we're looking forward to the day that we can actually gather physically. Until that day, let's love one another. Let's reach out to our brothers and sisters. Let's make sure that we're on the side of, of fighting for life. Love you. Talk to you later. Wow, what an incredible message. Thank you so much, Pastor Brandon, for, for, for delivering that message to us as a church. Uh, so thankful for your time spent in preparation and just seeking God for that word. Hey, if you made a decision to follow Jesus today, that is the best decision you could ever make, and we are so excited for you. 
But hey, the journey doesn't stop or end there. Uh, that is just the beginning of your journey with Jesus. So we would love to connect with you. So we would love for you to fill out one of those, uh, one of our connect cards. It's gonna come up here in the chat or you can go to our website and just indicate that you made a decision to follow Jesus. Because even though it's made a, it, it, it's a private decision, it's made to be lived out in public. And we wanna come alongside you, resource you, answer any questions you might have and just connect with you. And if you're tuning in as well for the first time, we would love for you to fill out that Connect card. We also have something happening after all of our services that is called Next Steps. And that is exactly what it is. It is your next step in getting to know us more as a church, hearing more about our vision, our mission, our values, who we are, more about our teams, how you can get involved. It's a great opportunity for you to connect with our team. And it happens over a Zoom call right after the service. So we would love for you to attend next steps. It's about 10, 15 minutes with our, our, site pastor, our site pastors, our leadership team. And we would love for you to tune in for that. And hey, parents, make sure you stick around as well. We have Slate Kids happening. It's so cool seeing how the kids in, in our Slate Kids are able to connect with one another, see their friends. Again, even though we're, we're physically distancing, it's so important for our kids as well to actually get to connect with one another, see their kids' leaders, see their friends. We would love for you to stick around for that. Hey, it's been an incredible Sunday. Be blessed, church, as you go about this week. We can't wait to see you next Sunday. Kenzie, how's it going? Good, 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 good,